Welcome in, guys, uh, to another episode of Phenom Hoots Podcast here. I'm your host, Patrick O'Brien, uh, talking about all some of the latest content around basket, the sport of basketball here, whether it's high school, around the region, um, college basketball, or even NBA here. We're going to try to bring some new to- different topics here um, every once in a while here. Before we get into it, just want to make every- make sure everybody, you know, click the subscribe button, you know, make sure you can don't miss any of the latest episodes or anything like that. And also, if you have any other topics that you'd like to discuss or anything like that, feel free to, you know, reach out to us and, you know, we'd be happy to talk about some things here. But without further ado, I got a special guest here. Obviously, we we know him pretty well from the Hoop State Network here, but also uh, he works with uh, Pack Pride and, and everything like that. Uh, Miles Massacola, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course, of course. Here, we wanted to bring you in here because I know you have been firsthand, obviously, working on uh covering the wolf pack and everything like that but we've been you know we've been following the wolf pack as well you know they've been uh uh a team obviously recruiting the uh the hoop state pretty well um everything so i thought it'd be a good chance to uh, you know pick your brain and see what you've seen so far from some of the early freshmen and also some of the other hoop state natives here and everything like that there so uh miles just wanted to get it started off here what have you seen overall from the Wolfpack this season and off to their pretty good start here um, in ACC yeah. play? Yeah, they're off to a good start. Um, there's definitely some stuff to clean up. I was at the Clemson game last night, and the late game execution wasn't great. But this, like Kevin Keats finally has a team that he feels like is a Kevin Keats-style team where he has you know, 10, 11 guys that he feels comfortable playing. And even if he has to dip into that 12th guy, um, you know, he's not scared to put him in in a worst case scenario. So he has a lot of competent players, whereas last year it felt like there were only seven at, at times where he felt comfortable putting him into a game. Uh, and this year it is you know, around 10 and, and, and the seniors have, have taken a step, whether it be Funderburk, Daniels or Beverly, um, and the freshmen have come in and contribute. So it's kind of a blend of youth and experience and, and a team that will will likely get better as the season goes on. I know you were covering them all last year as well and everything like that. What is What do you see, like, as the early difference between last year's team and this year's team? I think it's – like, I think it goes back to that thing where it's depth because Keats, as long as he – like, even Patino at Louisville and what Keats did at Wilmington is he wants to press. He wants to force teams to turn the ball over, and it's really difficult to press when you have seven guys that you trust. And when you have ten and you're, you know, comfortable flipping guys in and out, obviously they haven't really had a full lineup yet. Um, with injuries and, and the COVID stuff, but when they have a full lineup, they're they're really really capable of putting the pressure on teams and turning teams over. And I think that's what this team is predicated on. In the half court, they don't do anything crazy complicated. They run a lot of high pick and roll, but they really like to turn teams over and get after you defensively. And and they've been able to do that. And I think they're you know top ten or I think they're ranked eleventh in, in turnover rate right now in the country uh, defensively. So they're turning teams over at a really really impressive rate. And uh, it, that's a huge reason uh, for their success and what makes them a better team than they were last year. Now, I know I wanted to, I wanted to talk about some of the Hoop State guys here, but I wanted to throw a little, uh, a little wrench into that there. But I wanted to ask you about Devin Daniels. Obviously, yeah. he's, uh, he's leading the charge here with 16.5 points as of today uh, in this interview here. Um, what have you seen out of him, and how special has he been for the Wolfpack? I, I think the biggest thing that Daniels is doing is and, – and this is – Keep in mind, this is coming off, you know, last night, the Clemson game, he had three turnovers, two in overtime, one in the final minute. And he took it in the post-game press conference. He said, yep, that was on me. I'm taking this one on the chin. So I think it's just being that, being accountable, being that guy, being the guy that if you need a bucket, we're going to throw it to Devin Daniels. Um, And and just being a leader, he's really stepped up as a vocal guy. It feels like it's his team. 
uh, now that he's at state, this is his fourth year there. He spent his freshman year at Utah, sat out. This is his third year playing. So he's really experienced. He's a guy that Keats um, can trust late in games. And, and you know, it's going to happen where nights where mistakes get made and things happen. But at the end of the day, this is a guy that this coaching staff and this team has rallied around and they feel comfortable going to war with him as, as their guy. Now let's dive into some of the guys that we know personally. We've watched a lot through high school. It was a fun yep. time watching. Now we get to watch him have a good time at the uh, at the collegiate level here. I wanted to sh- start with the guy that's really been, I think, been really impressive is our, our guy from Arabian Prep that we used to love watching uh, was Shaquille Moore. Um, what have you been seeing out of him, and how special has he been in for early on? I mean, he's he's doing exactly what he did on the EYBL with CP3 and at Moravian, where he's just an absolute bulldog defensively and, and you know coach Keats has done a really good job of describing him if you were to describe Shaquille Moore in one word and you'd probably agree to this so would Rick or or Jeff or any anybody that's watched him play um he's fearless he's just absolutely fearless he has no regard for what's going on around him um from the standpoint of he's going to lock in and just be Shaquille Moore and I think the biggest thing that we've seen is it felt like his senior year you could correct me didn't it felt like he took a step shooting the ball from his junior year to his senior year. Yeah. He took, he took another step and he's shooting the cover off the basketball right now um, over 40% from deep and and he's confident. He's still not at the point where he's, I think he took a step in the Clemson game where he has to be decisive with the basketball. There are times where he's hesitant and as a freshman, that's going to happen. And especially in a year like this, where the freshmen aren't given as much time as they normally would have, you know, I think at this point um, with the amount of time that, you know, the coaching staff has spent with the kids in a normal year, they would have spent that much time around September, or October. So there, there's a lot of stuff that is tough by the nature of this year, but Shaquille has found a way to contribute and it comes from that toughness, that effort um, and that tenacity. And he's just really, really taking a step offensively in his overall skill set, and it, it's showing in production and helping this team win. Yeah. When I, I just remember looking back, I watched him now on TV there, but watching him at Moravian there. I, I thought, and and I think Keith said he was probably one of the more under recruited yep. kids in the nation. And when I watched him at Moravian, the thing I, you know, obviously I like his leadership, his point guard mentality, but I was like, the different thing that he's going to make is on the defensive end, his athleticism and everything. Like, it's going to surprise you if, if these Wolfpack fans didn't quite know what they were getting with, with Shaquille there. Um, yeah. He, he definitely made a difference early on. Yeah, he definitely is. And, and the thing is, like, he still has a ways to go defensively. Like he's still, he's such a good one-on-one on-ball defender, but last night he let honor slip to the corner for an open three that tied the game. So I think for him is, you know, using an experience like that as an opportunity for growth. Um, he has the right mentality. I was able to exchange texts with him after the game. He, he, he's in the right place. He understands that this team needs him if they want to reach their full potential. And I think he's just using every game as a learning opportunity and, and trying to be better and better and, and help this team win. He clearly has the right mindset. And I think that, as he gets more confident and everything going around, um, he's going to end up being probably one of the two or three most important players on this team when the season's over. I, I would, I could definitely agree with that there, just by what he provides there. I, I'm curious in your thoughts here. Now this is obviously kind of like looking ahead of what he could be at the end product there. Um, but how, how much difference does when his presence is on the floor, how different does the team look, you know, outside the other guards that they have when he's not on the floor? I think he just brings a little something different at the top of that press. When, when he's checking someone 94 feet, um, it, it keeps the other team on their heels a little bit, more often than not. And State wasn't able to force the turnovers they normally do last night against Clemson, and part of that was they didn't have Braxton Beverly. They didn't have their full platoon of guys. 
Um, but when they have Shaquille at the top of the press and Manny anchoring it, I actually wrote um, on Pat Pride about how NC State is incredibly difficult to score on when Shaquille and Manny are on the floor together. And Shaquille is a huge part of that with the kind of pressure that he brings at the top of the key defensively at all times. Now, looking at the other guard that Nate was coming in here, uh, he was, you know, ranked in the, as a, one of the top players in the country uh, over the years, uh, went to Greensboro Day, everything like that. Cam Hayes, uh, he's been playing pretty well, averaging uh, right now about eight points, three assists, um, shooting the ball pretty well at uh, 54%, everything like that. What have you seen out of Cam that's, that's helped this team uh, so far this season as well? I think Cam is at the point where he has such an advanced skill set offensively. He's just able to get to his spots and pull up at any point. Like his ability to create offense for himself and others is, is so valuable. It's been a little up and down since the, uh, since he got back from the COVID scare. And then he has a hand issue as well in his non-shooting hand. And he had a good first half against Clemson, not so great second half. And for him, just like Shaquille, it's using every game as a learning opportunity, but he has shown excellent flashes. And I remember, I want to say, I want to say the North Florida game may actually might've been UMass Lowell. One of those, actually both of those games, he put on an absolute clinic offensively when he was able to check into the game. So I think for him is continuing to learn, continuing to build off of the good and learn from the bad, just like any other freshman would. But there's no doubt that as he continues to get himself back into a groove and back into a rhythm after the the three week absence, um, he's going to be a very, very important part to this team as well. And, and, and him and Shaq as the future backcourt, this, this fan base and program is a lot to be excited about. Yeah, when you watch that Grisman Day now, when you watch with, uh, you know, Hall of Fame coach uh, Freddie Johnson there, you know, when you watch their play style with Cam Hayes and everything like that, you got to understand, you know, they're going to play a certain way. But now you yep. get a little bit more out of Cam offensively and everything and his IQ um, and everything, like kind of just his understanding of the, of, the, of the game there. What does it – let me ask you this. When I asked you about uh, Shaq, uh, what, how does it look different with him on the floor? How does it look different – with Cam on the floor compared to others there. And how have you seen maybe the tandem between when they're both on Shaquille and Cam? How, how have they been kind of working together? So when they have Cam on the floor, they're a much more dangerous pick and roll offense because of his ability to play in the pick and roll. That's something that we've seen from him forever because he's such a good pull-up shooter that that has to be accounted for. Um, and then he also has great vision and is a good job, you know, finding shooters on the wing or, or the roll man down low. So I think when Cam's on the floor, their half-court offense is a lot better because of his ability to play in ball screens, assuming he's not careless with the ball like he was a little bit in the second half last night against Clemson. So if Cam is assertive with the basketball and playing in the pick-and-roll with confidence, he's as good as any guard in the pick-and-roll in in the conference. So he's really, really confident there. And then when they're on the floor together, they're just tough to contain because they're both so dynamic off the dribble, Shaq getting to the rim – Cam pulling up. Both of them have proven to be at the very least. We'll see what their percentages go, but they're both shooting the cover off the ball from beyond the arc. Cam shooting at 38%, Shaquille shooting at 45%, which is remarkable for both of them. So I think uh, it'll be interesting to see how much they play together because I know Keats, I think the lineup um, that works is when you have Cam out there with Thomas and then when you have Shaq out there with Braxton because they kind of offset each other's imbalances in, in different ways. So I think I don't know how much they're going to play together right away, but when they do play together, there's clear chemistry and, and there's clear uh, attentiveness that they demand from the defense. Now talk about the two uh, other freshmen that uh, kind of come in there, uh, two, I guess, big guys there. Uh, Jalen Gibson, he's been getting about six, seven minutes, but played the seven games. And we haven't seen too much of Nick Farrar yet, 
Um, but just give us a little update on there, what you've seen from both of them. So Gibson came in as a late addition after Josh Hall ended up declaring for the draft. And, and I think a lot of people were kind of surprised that he would have the opportunity to play this year, but with it being a free year and, and the, the stuff going on with the front court early on with the COVID, he, uh, he found a way to contribute and he's done a nice job coming in. He hasn't been super productive yet. He needs to get stronger, uh, but he's, he's a valuable piece of this team and this experience is going to benefit him so much two to three years from now when he's really needed as a key part of this rotation. And the fact that he's able to come in and provide solid minutes, it doesn't, he doesn't need to do anything crazy. He just needs to be solid. And, and that's a, a nice option for this team to have a, a mobile six ten guy to throw in off the bench. that can run, jump and shoot. And one to ask you as well, um, Kind of covering all the fresh, uh, freshmen and everything like that, but there is there are some other hoop state guys there. Uh, yeah, um, and I mentioned I meant to say for Nick too. I didn't. Oh yeah, him. go ahead, go about yeah. it. Nick Nick came in the Campbell game, played well. I think for Nick, he he the the not having a true rhythm to the start of your freshman year hurt him because he needed to get his body right, and I don't think he got his body right for the first part. I think he'd be the first to tell you that. Um, I do just with talking to him over the last few weeks. I think he has put an emphasis on that. I don't know if it's going to affect his play this year. Cause I don't think they need him. Um, but if he's able to buy in uh, to what they're telling him and really get his body right, get down to the optimal weight of around 235 or so, because I think he came in at 260. So he really had a lot of work to do to get to where he needed to be. But if he's able to do that, um, you know, he has the potential to be just kind of that unguardable hybrid forward that we, that we, that we saw what he did when he was at Apex Friendship. Yeah. And uh, uh, sophomore Manny Bates, I, I've been really impressed with him, you know, from when we first saw him as like, you know, sometimes it looked like a deer in headlights, just barely scratched the surface of what he did, but he was long and mobile and everything like that to what he actually grew into be now. Now he's a sophomore, uh, probably one of the better, better shot blockers in the country now averaging close to 10 points a game, five rebounds and everything like that. What progression have you seen out of Manny? Um, and where do you kind of see him growing even more throughout the system? He's the team's most important player. It's not close. Like it's, it's not close. When, when Manny Bates is anchoring that defense, they're really, really tough to beat. And he's not 100%. He had to, he suffered the knee injury against Boston College. Um, but if he's able to get himself back healthy um, over this next little bit, no, no major injury, just kind of dealing with soreness. So, you know, it's a matter of just kind of shaking it off over the next week or so. I think that he, he has a chance to be probably the best defensive center in, in the country. And that's from blocking shots as a positional defender. If he's able to stay on the floor, avoid foul trouble, avoid injury, he won't be at state for more. He won't finish his eligibility at state. He'll probably, he'll probably be in the NBA um, because his combination of lob catching, uh, being able to be a, a, a solid back to the basket scorer now, he's comfortable with a jump hook over either shoulder and just the fact that he is a dominant shot blocker. Um, he is so important to this team, and he, he's going to be – he has a chance to be, really be the uh, the epitome of what Kevin Keats is trying to sell to recruits in the program is, hey, look, you can come in here, and I, and you can leave here a completely different player, and, and that's kind of what they're trying to do. Yeah. I remember I, – I, I, I think I was talking to you at, the, at one of our events and everything like that. Uh, I know we were, you know, just talking about some uh, NC State there, but, you know, with Manny, you know, from where he was to where he is now – crazy like all I said was like if, if that young man could just stay on the floor like I know he gets in foul trouble uh often he's done a better job this year for the most part yes I remember fi- freshman year I, I kept on seeing looking up his stats it was like up oh, he fouled out up oh, he fouled out yeah. or yeah. you know, four or something like that 
Um, and now he's getting better there. But Manny, I was like, man, you know, you're talking about your size and everything and your growth, but as a shot blocker, and he's only growing. And, you know, there's been a couple games I've seen that he's been like, I, I, I can't remember which game he had, but it was like 20 points, like 10, 9, 10 rebounds. And like, I think it was, might have been the Carolina game, honestly. Might have been there. I can't remember which game it was, but it was off the charts uh, numbers, like eight blocks and everything like that. I was like, that right there alone, you're playing uh, in the ACC. You're looking at, uh, you know, NBA potential there. Yeah, that was that was actually the St. Louis game. They lost. Um, Louis, yeah, yeah. He, had tw- he had 20 points, seven rebounds, and eight blocks. And then uh, the next game against Carolina, or two games later against Carolina, he had 14 points, seven rebounds, five blocks. And that's impressive right there. Like that, you look at that stat line and you're talking about a kid that's only a sophomore. <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, last guy I want to talk about was, I can't forget about our, our Thomas Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our Raleigh guy, uh, we've, we've watched him grow and everything like that to where he is there. But what, now what is he providing uh, help um, for the Wolfpack this year? He's been kind of a complimentary player and he's been a floor spacer. He didn't have a great night last night against Clemson. Um, but I think for Thomas, the biggest thing is getting that confidence to the point where like the confidence that he had when he was playing at Garner, when he was putting up 40 a night and just pulling up. Um, there are a lot of shots that he passes up that I think that he should take. And I would just, I'm, I might be wrong, but I think the coaching staff wants him to take two because he's such a prolific three point shooter. So I think for him, he's doing a nice job, but it could, he's, he still has another level to go. And, and it, Thomas, if you're listening to this, I'm not trying to harp on you, but I'm, I just know how good you can be. Um, and, and you're and you're more than capable of getting there. And this team is going to be at a different level if Thomas Allen is giving them, you know, 10 to 12 a night as opposed to five to seven a night. And yeah. he's shooting the ball a few more times and just finding a way to get that confidence to where it needs to be. But with that being said, he's doing a nice job playing a complimentary role on this team um, that's going to help them uh, progress to where they need to be. And I remember, if I correct me if I'm wrong, I was I wasn't looking at it. Thomas is only a, a junior. Is that correct? Yeah, he's only a junior, so he's still got really another two years if he wants it, um, but another year at least. Yeah, so it, it you may it may just take some time to get into it there, but then he you know can build on that maybe until next year and stuff like that, and maybe further yeah. on. Yeah, and the other thing to remember too is he he didn't really play at all in his transfer year because he had uh, ankle surgery, so he didn't he wasn't able to practice a complete time, so. He's still, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's gotten back into a form now, but I don't, you know, it, when you have a, a serious injury where it requires surgery, a lot of times that even though you're back on the court and fully cleared, it takes a little bit, a little bit longer to get that confidence back in your body. Yeah. Well, Miles, I appreciate you coming on here and you, your knowledge of uh, NC State and just the game of basketball and everything like that there. Um, so I appreciate you coming on, just talking a little bit about some of these hoop state guys. I always like to keep track of them from when we get to watch them in high school. I know you do too. Oh yeah, um, high school to college there. Oh yeah, there's nothing quite like it's kind of cool now because I'm I'm three or four years into this and I'm you know the kids that were freshmen when I just got started are about to be seniors and they're about to be in, or seniors now and they're going to be in college next year so it's coming full circle where um, truly like every class it's like oh I know I know so many guys here and it's, it's just so much fun to watch and see these kids uh, get it done at the next level. Yeah, well Miles, you're doing a great job over at Pack Pride there. Make sure you follow him. All right. You know, follow him on uh, social media, Twitter, uh, Instagram. You can follow him on the Hoot State Network. He's making the calls as well. Um, <laughs> I highly recommend you listening to all the all the stuff that he's been doing there. So, Miles, I appreciate you coming on today. Appreciate the shout-outs, man. Thanks for having me. And if you ever need anything like that or find, uh, want any more kind of coverage with us at Phenom, just reach out to us. We're always open for our new ideas for our podcast here. And check out all the latest content at phenomhoopreport.com.